Cruise Radio is brought to you in part by TripInsurance.com. Travel insurance done right by the people who know travel insurance. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Yeah, we made it through the hurricane. Hurricane Matthew uh, out of here. Left a lot of damage, a lot of power lines, some flooding, uh, just a few trees down in my yard and some family members' yards. So uh, we all got lucky, but other people not so lucky. So our thoughts and prayers definitely to those affected by Hurricane Matthew. Coming up on this week's show, Sherry Kennedy is standing by with Cruise News. Also, we'll get a review of Carnival Vista from Nancy Shredder. Before we get to Sherry, I want to remind you, Cruise Radio News. It's our Cruise Radio Facebook group where we kick around the news, and I would love to get your opinions. Also, some cool pictures I posted on there of the other day. I got to go out on the pilot boat and pick up the river pilot from Carnival Elation here in Jacksonville. So I uploaded those pictures a couple of days ago, so check those out. Also, don't forget River Cruise Radio. It's a river cruise show. So it's like cruise radio, but focusing only on river cruises. And you can find that at rivercruiseradio.net. You can also search it wherever you're listening to this show from iTunes, Stitcher Radio Network, TuneIn, or rivercruiseradio.net. All righty. Sherry Kennedy has cruise news. What's up, Sherry? Oh, not too much, Doug. How are you? I am good now that Hurricane Matthew has made its way far away from here and probably just a rainstorm somewhere in the world right now. Uh, And we recorded last week and both you and I were both kind of freaking out and getting our stuff together because we had a Category 4 hurricane uh, predicted to hit us. Uh, It didn't hit us as strong, but it did hit us and caused uh, a lot of damage along the eastern seaboard of the United States. Have you ever been in anything like this before? Because this was very uh, intense and kind of a first for me. Yeah, well, for 2004, when they said Francis was going to have this 22-foot storm surge and I was living on the beach, um, that was evacuation time. And it was really pretty scary. Uh, The police were going up and down the streets with megaphones saying, you must evacuate. If you remember the movie in the Blues Brothers, Mm -hmm. when Jake and Elwood are going up and down the streets, that's what it was like. It was the weirdest thing. So, you know, this was similar, but I'm on the mainland now, so... I didn't have to evacuate, but I did pack everything up because, like you said, we were expecting to be slammed, and we just lucked out by 40 miles over here, and pretty much where you are, too, the same thing happened. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I believe I read where it was 127-mile-an-hour gust at Cape Canaveral at Kennedy Space Center, and we had, I think we had 88-mile-an-hour gusts here in Jacksonville, but regardless, I rode the storm out. Nature is so wild. It's pretty fun. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's deadly, of course, and our governor made sure we all knew that. But um, yeah, it's, it's interesting when you have a sheltered area that you can stand on during these winds mm-hmm. and just feel the force of Mother Nature. It's incredible. Moving on to cruise news, Royal Caribbean has a new class of ships coming out. What details do you have? Well, this is an interesting name. It's going to be called the Icon Class, mm-hmm. and it's not due out for quite a while yet. But what's interesting is Royal Caribbean did announce that this new Icon class of ship is going to be powered by liquefied natural gas, which is known as LNG, if you know about this kind of scientific research. The new ships, these new Icon class ships, are on order for 2022 and 24. So it's going to take a little while to get this all into place. But in the meantime, Royal Caribbean plans to test fuel cell technology on one of their existing Oasis-class ships beginning as soon as next year. Do we know anything about the size yet? 5,000 people again, maybe a little bit more. Okay. 
So they're, they're not shrinking, they're growing, and uh, they expect the final contracts for this new fuel technology should be in place by the end of this year. So this is something they're moving forward with as our other cruise lines, for example, Carnival's also moving towards this new fuel technology for some of their ships that will be addressed and announced in the new future. Carnival Cruise Lines announced that they are updating their room decorating policy. And I, I find it kind of funny because I posted this yesterday and people got really bent out of shape. I personally didn't realize so many people decorated their staterooms. Well, you know what? I think this is a great move. I was starting to get a little frustrated walking down the corridors, especially, you know, the Halloween during a festive season. It was. It looked like people were taking all their decorations from home and shoving them on the outside door of their of their stateroom and inside the stateroom. And I can imagine where cleaning people would not like to have to deal with all of that. So Carnival has said that non-compliant decorations will be removed and no compensation will be provided to the guests. This goes in effect. In this Halloween, speaking of which, <laughs> <laughs> that's going to go over big. But, but uh, moving forward from that, they can people can still decorate a little bit, but there are some restrictions. You have to use only fire retardant materials. If you buy something and spray it with some kind of goo to make it fire retardant, yeah, that's not acceptable. Okay. Then this is kind of nice though. Decorations may only be placed on the stateroom door and not the surrounding frame, the walls <laughs> or the railings. I mean, I've seen crepe paper all over and things hanging down. It looks like a, you know beaded entrances. <laughs> <laughs> and then over the door hanging organizers, which is a big thing that people like to take with. Okay. Must hang inside the stateroom well of course they're inside i don't get what that really means but they must be made of a fire retardant material and of course can't damage the door so i'm assuming if you want to hang it over your bathroom door you're still fine as long as it's a fire retardant material you can't decorate the balcony and which of course we know is a huge fire hazard anyway and you can't put things over the light fixtures or the or the light fittings which i would assume also means don't hang clothes from the the sprinkler systems, which I've seen people do, and that sets off the alarm as well. And last but not least, if you happen to be going during a festive season, you cannot bring string lighting and put it across your stateroom. <laughs> See, I want to know, something had to have happened to make this change. Like, I would like to know what kind of incident they had to say, you know what, we're not going to allow Christmas lights, paper, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Something had to have happened. And they must have had an incident, yeah. a close call incident. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. But now here's a little caveat. Okay. Carnival did add that, quote, all stateroom decorations purchased via their fun shops will be made of fire retardant materials as of October 31st, and those are fine to use. Oh, how convenient. So Norwegian Cruise Line has a $50 reduced deposit sale. Now, normally when we think of reduced deposits, we think of cruise lines like Carnival, who does the $50 and $49 deposits all the time. Norwegian is doing it now. We haven't seen this in a while, have we, Sherry? Not in the recent uh, past that I can recall, but there's, you know, it's a little bit misleading. And let me say why. Okay. Because, first of all, it's a $50 deposit, but it's per person, not per cabin. So that means it's $100, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's a lot of little um, rules. It has to be booked at 75 days in advance for sailings of less than seven days or 90 days in advance on sailings of seven or more days. Uh -huh. The offer is not valid for the haven or suite stateroom categories. 
And, if, you know, and so I, I was doing my research and I'm planning to take a Norwegian cruise, right, in the near future. And I've been watching the prices for six months now, trying to, you know, time it so that I can get the best rate. Well, yeah, I was really excited because $100 is better than the pre-sale price of $400 deposit, which I think is a bit excessive, but I was willing to pay that. But the difference is if I had booked it when there was a $400 deposit, I would have saved $400 over the price of the cruise. So right now, the same accommodation is $1,150 with a $100 deposit or, <laughs> yeah, this is great, or $750 with a $100 deposit. So, you know. Man, the cruise lines are like loan sharks. <laughs> oh, they are. You know, just have to be careful. Carnival's, yeah. Carnival's $50 deposits were always a good deal, oh, $49. Yeah, totally. Those are awesome. And I haven't seen them jack up the prices on the cruise to offer a low deposit. So you've sold cruises for a while, Sherry. Uh, people, when people do these $50 deposits or $49 deposits, whatever it is, uh, is there a higher cancellation rate on these? Not necessarily. There will, there will be some attrition, of course. But no, I think if, when people put down a smaller amount, mm -hmm. they're really serious about going is, is what I have learned. Now, maybe there's some people that just put the deposit down just to get it, you know, and then decide later. But this is, you know, this lasts for a full month. So you know, can you can have plenty of time to decide if you really want to go or not, um, and if the rate drops, you know, there's always ways around that too. So it just depends on the cruise line, and always read the fine print. And finally, one of the last major cruise lines has banned balcony smoking. What do we have here? Yeah, Holland America has just announced that beginning January in 2017, you will not be able to smoke. Cigars, cigarettes, tipperillos, anything on your balcony anymore. They're one of the last ones, like you said, to join. You know, it's a safety issue, especially, um, and it won't be, it's going to be rolled out over the course of six months or so. So by May 6th of 2017, all of Holland America's ships will now have a ban on smoking on the balconies. They still have their designated areas. You're not going to be prohibited, of course. Some of the casinos will still have their own area to smoke on the balconies. Um, some, some won't. Some will have totally smoke-free casinos, including the Osterdam. That's one of them. So they're making big strides. I think people have finally, you know, they want to go away to sea, and they don't want to be smelling smoke and cigarettes and all that other stuff. So finally, Holland America, you know, is going along with the rest and banning smoking on the balconies. This reminds me of Carnival launching Carnival Paradise in 1998 when it, it was a non-smoking ship and it failed miserably. I bet right now it would actually work. I'm sure it would. And the, the interesting, you know, they were so far ahead of their time when they when they built the Paradise. They used even, um, from what I understood at the time, upscale fabrics and mm -hmm. soft goods because they weren't worried about getting burn marks on things. So the ship was outfitted beautifully. Um, and it just... You know, at first it was everybody went because it was so unique. And then it just started to dribble and drab. And pretty soon, you know, they had to go back to being like everybody else. We've been talking with Sherry Kennedy from CruiseMaven.com. Check out all of her information in the show notes at CruiseRadio.net. Sherry, glad you're safe, my dear. Have a good one and thank you. Thank you, Doug. This is Cruise Radio. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. 
What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. If you missed any part of the show or want to hear more, go to cruiseradio.net and click on Radio Channel or go to iTunes and search Cruise Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Cruise Radio. We always like to get your cruise reviews here on the show. If you have one you'd like to share, drop me an email, Doug, at cruiseradio.net. Nancy Shredder from the Family Travel Network just returned from an eight-night cruise in the Mediterranean aboard Carnival Vista. Yeah, Carnival's newest ship. And Nancy's on the line right now. Hey, Nancy. Hey, how you doing? Good. I feel like we haven't talked in ages. I know. It's so good to talk to you again. Absolutely. Now, uh, you just got back from an eight-night sailing aboard Carnival Vista. Now, because the ship's only going to be in the Med for like a month longer, we're going to skip embarkation and go right to your first impressions of the ship. So what did you think of it? Oh my gosh. Carnival Vista is a visually stunning ship. I mean, walking through the ship, I was just amazed at all the different venues that are available. There's really something for everyone on board the ship. And it was really great to see all the areas where you can sort of have a drink or dine overlooking the sea. And the ship's really easy to navigate, at least for me. And one of the first things you see when you walk in the ship is that beautiful dreamscape in the atrium. It's absolutely gorgeous. And I love just going there a couple times a day and, you know, throughout the cruise just to see how it had changed. And then, of course, you have to talk about the top views of Carnival Vista, the Sky Ride, the super cool Carnival Waterworks water park with Kaleidos Light. I just really loved it. So my first impressions were Wow. Yeah, you you might have been like me. I was like, what am I going to do first when I get on board? Because there's so much to do on there. It's, it's, the ship is awesome. Um, so you, you make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you have, and what did you think of it? This time, we had a great cove balcony on the cruise. It was my first time in a cove balcony stateroom. Have you ever done that before? I never have. I loved it. It was located right on deck two forward, and the great things about it were – the cove balconies are really close to the water, so you have more of this feel of like sailing on a ship like you would if you were regularly sailing. It was also shaded by the lifeboat overhead, so it felt really private. And we had really incredible weather, really calm seas on our sailing. 
So we didn't have a lot of spray or waves. It was just really beautiful. And the other great thing about those cove balconies being on deck, too, is it was so convenient going in and coming back from shore excursions. Yes. We really loved that. It, I would definitely do a cove balcony again. I think if you had, you know, rough seas, it, you know, that could be a problem. But for us, this cove balcony was just divine. So to me, it sounds like a cove balcony because I've never been in one before. It seems like it's a balcony, but kind of with a porthole. Is that correct? Yeah, it's kind of a big, huge porthole area. So it feels more private. Mm -hmm. You've got great views of the water because you're so, you know, down in that area. But you also have, I was thinking, oh, I'm just going to be able to see the water, but I won't really be able to see anything else. No, that's not the case. You see everything. So that's really nice. And, you know, some of the cove balconies don't have lifeboats overhead, so they have, they're fully sunny, but ours was shaded and it was really great that way. What did you think of the cabin itself inside? Oh, I loved it. There was plenty of of storage space. The layout was great. It was really roomy for us. It was wonderful. Plenty of space to put your bags and all that? Yeah, underneath and plenty of space to store all of our clothes and I loved the layout. It was great. Cool. Let's switch gears here and talk about the dining aboard Carnival Vista. <laughs> of course, you have the Lido Deck Marketplace, and then out from there, you have Guy's Burger Joint, the Blue Iguana Cantina, and a few other venues that were added as well. So, Nancy, let's start at the Lido Deck Marketplace and give me your thoughts on that, and then we'll move outside. The Lido Marketplace was really great for us. I thought that there were a lot of different opportunities of you know trying different things or whatever. We actually ate there one night for dinner, too, and that was fantastic. So that worked out really well. The ship has two main dining rooms, the Horizons and Reflections, and our table was in the Reflections dining room. And we ate there twice. It was absolutely great. But honestly, what we ended up doing is we just decided there was too much to explore on the ship to eat in the main dining room every night. Mm -hmm. So we just didn't. So we had dinner one night at an outside table overlooking the sea in Fahrenheit 555 Steakhouse. And that was absolutely magical. That's one of the highlights of our trip. We just sat there, you know, overlooking the sea, drinking wine, watching the sunset, and really dining on the best food ever. I just took Jim to a great steakhouse place here in the D.C. area. And at the time we were there, we were you know, talking about how great Fahrenheit 555 <laughs> was and what a great value it was for the money, given what we were you know, paying where we were. Right. I think it's, you know, it's worth every penny, and that was really great. And then, you know, so were some of the other great dining venues that were free or not so expensive. And I think, you know, Vista is really loaded with those. I know that you love the lobster rolls from the Seafood Shack. And, yes. You know, we absolutely adored those. We had them a couple times at a table overlooking the water. We had shrimp. We had some of their fresh oysters, you know, from Italy, which was cool to just see what different oysters tasted like from different places. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I really loved was the freshly made pizza from Pizzeria Del Capitano. That was really superb. I think Dave Carnival's changed their pizza or something, but it was really authentic, great Italian pizza. And they always made us margarita pizzas with prosciutto and arugula, and they were so good. And then we, you know, ate at Guy's Burger Joint, of course, and uh, the Oceanside Barbecue, Blue Iguana Cantina. And with all of those being free, I think that's 
fantastic. Yeah, you, you know, you mentioned the uh, Guy's Burger joint and also the Seafood Shack. And normally, you know, I love Guy's Burger. I'm like obsessed with those things. But on this sailing, I did 12 lobster rolls. <laughs> I spent $144 on lobster rolls and only had one burger from Guy's Burger joint. So... Yeah, it's just the, the seafood shack is great. And we, while we were sitting there, people were just eating plates of, you know, all sorts of seafood mm-hmm. and having a great time. Yeah. Um, and, and we also ate at Gigi Asian Kitchen and Cucina del Capitano, and they were fantastic. I think the staff there are, are really attentive. They make you feel right at home. The other thing that I wanted to comment on from dining is how well Carnival Vista does in handling food allergies. The restaurant staff did an outstanding job, particularly in the specialty restaurants. And Gigi's Asian Kitchen made special courses for a number of people with food allergies. And, you know, people called ahead of time and said, hey, I'm allergic to this or I'm allergic to that. And they made special things without those ingredients to make sure that everybody could enjoy the meals. So they do an incredible job with food allergies. Let's switch gears here real quick uh, just because of the time and talk about the entertainment aboard Carnival Vista. (laughs) Of course, you have the inside loaded with uh, bars and shows and, of course, uh, things going on all around the ship. And on the outside, you also have the Sky Coaster and Waterworks and all that. So there's so much to cover. So let's start uh, at the inside of the ship first and work our way outside. Great. So why don't we start with, well, we'll be working our way out inside and outside quick, but let's talk about the the movies because on board Vista, the movies were a super highlight for the guests on the ship. You know, there's the IMAX theater, the Thrill Theater, and great dive-in movies every night. The IMAX theater, we saw Star Trek Beyond 3D, and it was absolutely great. And then we saw Destination Adventure at the Thrill Theater. Both of those are really exceptional experiences. The cool thing was the dive-in movies were packed almost every night on our sailing, and they had two movies every night. All of the seats were taken at both movies every night. And I was impressed with the great movies they had. They had Star Wars, The Force Awakens, Angels and Demons, right after Rome, of course, um, The Martian, Cinderella, a couple more. And it's just everybody was sitting there eating popcorn and just having a great time. Playlist production shows were standing room only every night. Absolutely awesome as well. I thought America Rocks and Flick were really super. Families loved Hasbro, the game show. They also, all the Dr. Seuss activities on the ship were great, well attended. The parade was fantastic. The other thing I think is important to point out is just the live entertainment and a lot of the Carnival Vista venues every night. I mean, Walking through the atrium in the evening, there are violinists or there are entertainers that are there. And the cool thing was there were always a lot of fun events in the atrium at night with Matt Mitchum, who's Carnival Vista's cruise director. He does an outstanding job, and those events in the atrium were really well attended. And then on a couple of nights, we just hung out at the Red Frog Pub and Brewery, which, of course, has its own brewery on board. And the live music there was great, too. I'm sure you enjoyed that yeah. as well. You know, speaking of the inside of the ship, Chris Owen, uh, I interviewed him a couple of months back about Carnival Vista and got his impressions and thoughts of it when we were on board the ship. And he said that this is a family ship, and he pointed out a really good example of this ship. And he said he walked through the promenade, and he saw 
bingo. He saw families uh, having a drink at the bar. He saw the dancing lessons in the Ocean Plaza. So like, he was mentioning that this ship really has something for everybody. It really does. It has something for all ages and all interests. And that's what makes it really great for families, but also for multi-generational cruises where you can have, you know, kids ranging from two or three to, you know, adults in their 90s. And there's something for every age and interest happening all the time. And then people can come back together for meals or what we saw was people were coming back together for the dive-in movies and families with these big multi-generational families sitting there together watching, you know, Star Wars The Force Awakens or watching Cinderella together or, you know, watching some other great family-friendly movie. And it does wonderful that way. I know you only had one sea day uh, outside, but how were the public spaces outside during this sea day? Uh, because as we know, it really defines a ship as how it behaves at sea with all the people outside using the sky course, the water park and all that. So how was that for you? That was really great. And interestingly enough, because there is so much going on in all these different venues, people are spread all over the ship. So you don't get that ultra-packed feeling that you do on some ships. Certainly, Sky Course had a long line on the day at sea. That was when a lot of people went there and tried that out. But there were places to sit everywhere. Serenity was great. There were a lot of people up front there, and there were places to sit. The ship moved well because there are so many different things to do, Mm -hmm. both indoors and outdoors. Waterworks on this ship is fabulous. The Kaleida slide was attracting a lot of guests who maybe hadn't tried a slide before, but because it was a sort of inner tubes type slide, they felt it was easier or, you know, less scary for them. And it certainly is. And, you know, just the visual effects on that slide are really cool, too. So the ship does really well on days at sea. I would suggest to people, ride Skyride that first embarkation day if you can, and then, you know, ride it again multiple times as you go through the cruise. But embarkation day tends to be the day that's easiest to ride it. And we cannot talk about the outside venues without mentioning the Havana pool area. Uh Yes. That ended up being one of our favorite areas to go. You know, we weren't staying in the Havana area, but on our sailing, the Havana pool and everything opened up from 5 o'clock on. I understand that that's being changed to 7 o'clock on now. But one of our favorite things to do was to go back in that Havana pool area later in the day, even as the sun was setting, and just either hang out in the pool and watch the sunset or, you know, hang out in one of those huge clamshell chairs there and have a drink and just relax. It's one of the most beautiful areas on the ship. So that's one of those don't miss areas that people need to find early and and just really enjoy it. The Havana Bar is hopping at night, but the Havana Pool area is just gorgeous. And that's that's the cool thing about the Havana area. I'm probably spilling a secret now, but no one knows that it's open to the public around five right. or six o'clock or seven now. So right. it's always empty. Like I stayed back there probably departing four or five ports in the hot tub watching Sail Away almost by myself because there was no one in there with us. And wasn't that magical? That actually is one of our favorite memories of mm-hmm. that ship is doing exactly that. Just sitting back there in the pool or the hot tub 
just relaxing, watching the sun go down, watching sail away. And people don't know that. And as the cruise goes on, what I saw was near the end, people were sort of getting wise to the fact, probably because they were reading their fun times mm-hmm. and seeing, oh, wait, but more people were coming back there. But yeah, that's one of the my favorite areas of the ship. I want to talk about the adults-only serenity area because I didn't cover it uh, that much in depth whenever I talk about it on the show. You, you might have more insight than I do on this, but was there a, a food venue on there open on sea days? Yeah, so the food, the salad, fresh creations area was mm-hmm. open, and that was a great place to have salad and just relax if you didn't want to go out of the area. And how was serenity um, so- for you? Serenity was awesome. Serenity was awesome from the very beginning to the very end. So the other thing that's really fun to do on for Serenity is after a port day, just go up there and relax because you know they have those sort of palm trees up there and it's a big area and it's really nice to just relax up there and take it easy. People really loved Serenity on our cruise. Yeah, uh, let's talk about what ports you hit and give me like one or two of your highlights on your itinerary. Okay. So this was an eight-night cruise, and we went to Sardinia, Naples, Civitavecchia, Livorno, Marseille, Palma de Mallorca, and had our one day at sea. And for me, it was a dream itinerary. It was a fantastic experience in every port of call. I think our three favorite ports were Livorno, Rome, and and Naples. And in uh, Livorno, we took a full-day carnival excursion to Cinque Terre and Porta Venere. And that's such a beautiful area. I'm really glad we got to experience that. In Rome, we did Carnival's Rome on Your Own excursion. I know that we did that with you once. Mm -hmm. And that's just fantastic for people who have been to Rome before and just want to explore. And then in Naples, we took a private excursion with Carmine of Sea Amalfi Coast Tours. And we went to Ravello, Amalfi, and Positano. And Carmine just did an amazing job, took us to all sorts of places we hadn't seen before. But one of the highlights was this great farm-to-table restaurant high up in the hills overlooking Positano where you dine on sort of whatever mama made that day. And the food is fresh and wonderful, and the views are exceptional. I did something different in Rome this time. I actually, I bought Rick Steves' book, and I ripped out his walking map of Rome and did it from start to finish. It was really cool and really easy. Like, at first I was like, uh, Rick Steves' books, whatever. They're they're so commercialized, but now I swear by them in in cruise ports. They're they, he does a great yeah. job. Yeah, he yeah, definitely that, does. Yeah. On the subject of ports and Carnival Vista, another thing like, so yours was eight nights with one sea day. Or mine was right. 10 nights with one sea day. I feel like as much as I love the Mediterranean ports, you had really not a lot of time to experience the ship because these itineraries are so port intensive. Right. And that's why we saw a, a number of families and guests actually staying on board during our sailing. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked to a, a number of parents who just said, look, you know, the kids love this ship so much that they want to stay on board and just have fun at the water park. And it's really great for us. And they're, you know, they have things to do because Vista understood that people wanted to do that. They had things going on all day and there was fun stuff to do all day. It's also a great opportunity to ride sky ride and do waterworks with not, not as many people in port. So it's just fun. And honestly, I think One of the greatest luxuries in life is having a day where you don't have to do anything Mm -hmm. and you can do whatever you want or nothing at all. And on Vista, you can do whatever you want because there's really something for everyone. So 
that's one of the things people are really going to enjoy. For sure. Now, uh, every good thing must come to an end. So you get back to Barcelona. How was disembarkation for you at the port? It was an absolute breeze. We carried off our own luggage because we just brought carry-on, and we were off the ship with almost no lines at all. It was so simple. Do you have Everything any... worked really well. Cool. Uh, do you have any first-time tips for people sailing Carnival Vista? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, take time to explore the ship at the very beginning of your cruise because, as we've covered, Carnival Vista offers so much and there's so many cool venues available. So it's really great to find your favorites like that Havana pool that we were talking about. And so do that early. Definitely try the Kaleidos slide. It's an inner tube type slide, not scary, easy to do. Again, there's so many free specialty dining options available on the ship, so don't miss those. But definitely budget some money for a couple of the great specialty dining options on the ship and make your reservations early. But if they're full, check back again. There might be cancellations. We did that a couple of times, and slots opened up when they had been all full. It's really great. The other thing I would really suggest is don't get locked into a set schedule on your Carnival Vista cruise. Personalize your cruise and really make it your own. For us, that's where some of the best memories were made, and it's really easy to do on Carnival Vista because it offers so much. I think really Carnival Vista is the perfect playground to make your vacation dreams come true because it has something for everyone. So just really enjoy it. Did you get a chance to check out the chef's table when you were on there or see where it was located? I saw where it was located. We didn't check it out. That's a cool area, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's a really great option for people, especially for foodies who are really enjoying great food, great dining, and something unique. Yeah, like I haven't done Chef's Table on uh, another ship a couple of months earlier, and then like just it was being in a room right off the side of the dining room, and seeing this one right in the middle of the kitchen with big glass open areas. Yeah, Uh, right. And I think that glass is really cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Looking back on your cruise, what was the biggest highlight for you? Well, honestly, everything. It was one of the best cruises I've ever taken in my life. The ship and the ports were outstanding. But again, it was some of the little things that put the experiences over the top. Like, as we talked about, relaxing in the Havana pool at the aft of the ship and watching the sunset. Also, one of the highlights was the Carnival Vista staff. I I thought they were incredible. They they really knew how to make special moments happen. And for us, they made the Carnival Vista feel like home. So it was an incredible cruise. All right. In closing, give me your final thoughts on Carnival Vista, the uh, the ship itself. Carnival Vista is my favorite new ship. I think vacationing on it is an exceptional experience. So my final thought is don't miss it. We've been talking with Nancy Shredder from the Family Travel Network. If you want to find out more, check out FamilyTravelNetwork.com. Uh, Nancy, thanks so much for being on the show, and good talking to you. It's great talking to you, too, Doug. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker from my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. 
Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at cruiseradio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.